0: Hello everybody and welcome to Sustainable Conversations, powered by the Broom Wagon Podcast. Because as cyclists, we all think that we are quite green in this world, but actually our decisions have a lot of impacts into the environment. That's why I like to talk with champions of sustainability into the cycling industry, because this community full of cool people that they just think differently than selling and growing and producing. and putting everything and waste into the landfill and all these things. Life can be different. And that's why I like to talk and to share opinion with these people. Thanks a lot for listening. And starting from the thanks to everybody, thanks Komut, who is supporting the Broom Wagon also in this season and also in this other mini-series. We are at the third edition of the Sustainable Conversations and I'm super happy that in two, out of three of this edition Komut was at my side talking also about how cool it is to live, ride and do whatever we want outdoors into this world. Thanks Komut for supporting and thank you because if you like this episode you just can go and share this episode with the people that you think would appreciate it and another thing that you can do because I will appreciate it is just review or just give a five star rating in your application in your application that you're using to listening to this episode. Thanks a lot for doing it. And of course, down there below you will find without any kind of troubles, a link to my coffee account. And you can drop some coins there because in this way this podcast can be independent and kick off conversations like this. Episode number one of the Sustainable Conversations of 2022 is going to be with Jan from GREP. Reinventing the way of building, creating, distributing handlebar tape is possible. And Jan tells us how. Well, people, super happy to kick off the new Sustainable Conversation season 2022, season number three. And I'm super happy because this time I'm talking sustainability, with somebody that has been around in my network for a while, but we didn't talk before, I mean, just chitty-chatting on the Instagram, right, Jan, for a bit of time. And then finally, a couple of weeks ago, we had the opportunity to talk in person, and uh, I mean, via computer, of course, but still in person in this 2022 time. And I'm talking about Jan from GREP. How are you doing, Jan? Hey,
1: Stefano. I'm doing good. Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: I mean it's great pleasure maybe I'm going to give two cents of introduction uh of what grep is and then of course I will make you do the to- I mean I will make you talk the talk better because for sure and not as precise as you can be First of all I want to say thank you it was always great pleasure to chit chat with you we have been uh, planning to have this talk probably probably it has been one year more or less that we have been talking on doing this talk and uh, the both of us had a baby in the meantime, and the both of us had to set up a bit of fine-tuning, let's say, a couple of things. But anyways, we had already in mind that sustainable conversation would have been the place. Why that? Because Grab is actually a tape, of uh, an handlebar tape, that has really sustainability as first thing in mind, because of several characteristics that now we're going to talk about together with Jan. First of all, though, do you want to give us a little intro about yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, my name is Jan and uh, together with my good friend uh, Thomas, we are basically uh, Grab, uh, Grab Cycling Stuff on paper. So as a registered company, we are full spoken out grep Cycling Stuff. And um, yeah, grep is actually a Swedish based company because uh, Thomas uh, is uh, living in Sweden. And myself, I'm living in Finland actually. Um, and uh, since we, our manufacturing facility is also based in Sweden, we decided to also um, set up the company in Sweden. And uh, yeah, so um, Grep is uh, manufacturing reusable woven handlebar tapes, um, and uh, we are existing since I have to actually think now, 2000. What was 19 or 20? I think it was. Uh, we registered, let's say, the company uh, 2020. Okay, Uh, and but like the initial talks, like to where the idea comes from, um, started a bit earlier, but yeah, nevertheless, um, we started the company basically being in two different countries pretty much the whole time. Um, and uh, and I would say we are both pretty avid cyclists, um, so. We have also on our webpage written from riders for riders. So it's not just a marketing slogan. We, we both are really into bike packing and just like riding our bikes to work. And uh, that's pretty much like uh, at the core also of the company that um, we are like kind of hands on hands-on, hands-on people on bikes. Let's put it that way
0: um something that i want to ask you before going a bit more into the product side but what i mean you said already something you are a commuter anyways with a bike you like bike packing what kind of cyclists are you so what was your journey into bikes because i think that this is also a good footprint to understand why you arrived to make grab as a product as it is
1: oh yeah well actually the bike journey has been a really long one with lots of detours i think um like actually getting into cycling um, beyond like, you know, the childhood practice and stuff like that. Um, I started getting into like, let's say more exotic bikes when I started dirt biking. So I was like starting dirt, uh, starting dirt jumping um, with the 26er back then, um, short fork for Marchotzi and stuff like that. And uh, that was when I started doing that. And then with my studies, I, uh, when I started to study, Um, I moved to the city and dirt biking was not so accessible anymore so I switched to BMXing so I started to ride BMX and uh, I was studying in Stuttgart and uh, the BMX scene there is awesome I really like that was like family back then and it was really like pushing me even more into the cycling let's say community because BMX is like a pretty small let's say branch of the cycling Um, the scene is small but it's very like family like it feels like family because it's so small and after that the journey continued to getting into fixed gear riding so there was like a period of fixed gear riding and then from fixed gear which i still do nowadays my commuter bike is a fixed gear um and i have a a track i still ride some sometimes in the Velodrome here in helsinki um but then slowly it started to like actually the the bike packing became really interesting for me and i I don't remember when that was, but the first time I actually did my bikepacking, my first ever bikepacking trip was like with a kind of a road bike, um, overloaded, and I was riding to the Czech Republic to a punk festival, Um, and I don't know what I was thinking, but I had a fully loaded bike, and I was riding, I think, 25 mil tires, so stupid, Mm -hmm. Um, so... (laughs) (laughs) um but that was pretty much the first experience into bikepacking and i really like started to dig into that and really enjoyed doing those trips even they're small just like doesn't even have to be overnight it's just getting from a to b having some stuff with me um i don't know visiting friends sleeping there going the next day back um doesn't have to be always like crazy adventurous but yeah and then after that of course, the gravel riding became super big and popular, and um, doing that nowadays as well. And uh, yeah, road riding as well sometimes. I was actually a bit surprised because I was never kind of thinking like, yeah, road bike, road cycling is kind of a cool thing. But eventually, I have one, um, and I really like it sometimes to just break away on the streets and like you know on the not so busy roads, and that's kind of nice as well. So lots of lots of things. So and nowadays I'm like not not so much into BMXing anymore because I'm old, so <laughs> or older,
0: you know. I'll never say that.
1: Above, above thirty, you you're not you're like stop stop kind of, um yeah doing doing the BMX stuff at least on my side and then just sticking with the with the big bikes, let's say so.
0: I can tell you that actually I say the same about raising fixed gears. Uh, I mean I don't do it anymore because I'm too old. Absolutely, I don't want to. I don't want to see myself anymore just racing at into the city. I'm forty years old. I mean, no. I remember when I left Berlin. I said, "Okay, not anymore." Selling the bikes. Don't think about it anymore. Gearing up and going up the mountains. But I know <laughs> what you mean. But it's still super funny, anyways. Uh, going into a bit more. I mean, maybe it's not BMX, but actually going into uh, single tracks with um, something a bit more than a gra- than a road bike. It's mm-hmm. not exactly BMXing, you have not so many jumps and uh, flips and stuff, but still I think has more or less the same level of adrenaline. So I do this thing a bit more, going into full mountain bike trails with my gravel bike, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, yeah my, down, downhill, downhill for instance is something I could never do, it's like, man, that's so scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I really enjoy still fixed gear riding. And Ellie uh, cats,
0: which
1: was actually here in Helsinki. There has
0: been just recently one really nice one. Okay, um, That was really nice. That's great. Anyway, so also to go a bit more on the side of this conversation, then we're going to start talking about gravel. Everybody yeah. tells me that Finland and gravel, I mean, the other way around, gravel in Finland, it's really amazing. So it's something like it's really a sweet spot. Is it true?
1: Yeah, it's, well... It depends who you ask, but yes, I can say it's it's really nice. Like uh, there is a lot of um, like one of the reasons is because there is still a lot of unpaved roads. So they, the, the four-digit roads on the map are eventually the the tarmac stops and it becomes gravel roads because wow. the because the areas are very sparsely populated. So therefore, there is no need for having like tarmac all the way, and then you have a lot of options to ride and between all the roads you have like a lot of single track and so on there's not so much elevation gain okay. obviously than in the alps but what's really what's really nice in finland you have like short super punchy uphills like 15 to 20 percent like short like 50 meters so it really destroys you to a to an extent so um it, it's really fun to ride so you have a lot of ups and downs ups and downs and it's challenging and uh, and uh yeah that's uh Especially in the summer, it's really magical because you have like long days. So ba- uh, in the south, the sun sets still, but the more north you go, the more sunlight, you, uh, daylight you have, and it's uh, it's it's quite a special time, especially um, yeah during during summer. Yeah,
0: because actually uh, there is this series, gravel series, is called the Nordic series, I think, that happens. Nordic. Yeah. Nordic- Serious, yeah, exactly. Exactly, not the gravel. Serious, and I mean, it's one of my dreams. I can sell. I can tell you to come there and do. Maybe not. I mean, I don't need to do racing also because I don't like racing but just when I saw the first photos and stuff and I talked a think with the organizer once of the records and yeah. it was one of my dreams on saying okay I need to go there and ride the but I mean it I was always super fascinated by the Nordics and uh, never been in Scandinavia apart from Denmark if we can call it Scandinavia probably yes but I mean from up there I've never been there and I would really love actually one day to come over and ride my bicycle up there.
1: Yeah, please come. I um, would be happy to go with you, mellow three hours in the Nordic Gravel series and not just like, you know, smash it. So just, just mellow. Okay,
0: <laughs> if you want to do it with me, we need to go slow, but then I would be super happy on doing it.
1: Slow but steady. Absolutely. That's, that's... Yeah, yeah,
0: not <laughs> stopping, just stopping for a coffee from time to time. Otherwise, enjoying the landscape. We can yeah. do that. Absolutely. So, sustainable conversation and grep. Grab. Grep. Grab. Bicy- I mean, handlebar tape. Why, at a certain point in your life, you thought that the tape, the handlebar tape industry, needed a spin, and what are the main characteristics of grab that made actually this spin happen?
1: Well, very good question, and I actually have to uh, well definitely point to Thomas. So the initial, basically, the spark was set by Thomas. Um, but he was visiting me end of. 2019, or it, it was actually end of 2018 uh, here in Helsinki, and then we chatted a bit. We were riding bikes, and then um, eventually, when he was back, he just dropped me a WhatsApp and says like, "Hey, what do you think about like woven handlebar tapes?" And I was like, first like, "Well, what should I think about it? I haven't really thought about the product itself, never." And the main like the first talks kind of were around. Um, how can we, because it's it's a bit more difficult in the in EU, especially to get actually new bone tapes, for instance, like which is from the US. Um, it's also, I would say, one of the most known brands for woven handlebar tapes. And um, we were kind of thinking like, how can we actually get the hands on these products more easy than just, you know, buying them through eBay because a lot of shops just don't have that. And then... Um, after circling around that topic for a while we were kind of like i think we should do our own product and i think there is a good way to do that with a different approach and from that point on it kind of it kind of evolved because we we were kind of we were sitting down and thinking about what are our values and kind of what should be the values within the product so we were looking into things what annoy us and what are problems and actually one of the problems I have in particular is I have really sweaty hands. So until the point of making, uh, basically producing on handlebar tapes, I was always wearing gloves. I had to, because I was not able to get good grip on the handlebar with like the, um, the elastic, uh, the, um, the plastic handlebar tapes, um, the, the normal ribbons and, um, I kind of was accepting that. And that was one of the key drivers for the development after all, to kind of focus on on like um, having a good grip on the handlebar, a good feel, a direct feel, but at the same time kind of also putting things into perspective that we didn't want to just bring a new product on the market, another product which consumes resources, but also kind of focusing on what is important when we kind of you know, we do tweaks on the bike and especially on the handlebar and you change, you have to do servicing and stuff. And every time you unwrap the tape, it breaks when you have ridden it for a while. And it's for the bin, you know, but it doesn't have to be because sometimes if the, the tape is fine, uh, but you you still have to make a service or change the brake hose or... Um, if, you have a, uh, if you have to bleed brakes, obviously you don't have to change the brake hose that often. But anyways, if you do servicing, you change the handlebar, you remove it, you throw it away. And that's really annoying because it's like it's 30 euros or 40, depends how expensive you go. And it's annoying to do that. And it's sad that you have to throw this product away. It's a pile of plastic after all. Um, and that was... Also, one of the reasons in the whole, uh, one one big consideration in the product development that we wanted to tackle. And we looked at it in a very, like, first in a very holistic um, picture. And then we kind of broke down what's important. And after all, we kind of ended up with, we don't want to have plastic packaging within the box to kind of, you know, secure the tape. We don't want to have a tape plastic tape to hold the role in place we want to and these kind of things yeah we're all kind of put into the product and defined at the end what the tape is going to be and at the reusable aspect became really really important for us that we said like it can't be a single use product it must be a product which can be reused so especially when you do tweaks and it has to be like robust that was also really good because I guess every everyone from the who does bikepacking or doesn't even have to be bikepacking, everyone who has a drop bar and knows when the bike falls, it usually hits the handlebar. And you know what happens? There's this small pinch close to the bar end plug, which eventually or after a short while leads to that the whole plastic tape unravels or breaks. That's so annoying. Like after one, you know, it falls once. And then you have this situation. And that was also... That just a noise, annoyed us. And then we kind of wanted to put a focus on making a, let's say a, a tape that can t- handle a, the beating, let's say. So especially when you're on bikepacking, you don't want to have an unraveled tape and you don't have an option to put it back properly because when you sweat, the adhesive on the backside is kind of, it's slowly dissolving and disappearing and, once it's removed, you can't put it back. It doesn't stick anymore, you know, yeah so, yeah, that kind of, yeah, that was not really kind of <laughs> blown, I would say yeah detail, but I mean, this did, after all, all these factors played a big role in in how to kind of approach this new tape, rethink the approach, and then talk. In our case, with our manufacturing partner, which is a small family business close to um, Thomas, where Thomas is living in uh, smallland mm-hmm. um, That's like South Central Sweden. And we were then kind of approaching our partner with these um, ideas and kind of playing around. Well, how could we make this happen? And eventually we came to the initial design, which looked a bit different and also had different materials, um, like main material, cotton in the first place. Um, that's where we started. And that's what, how we built the first prototypes. And uh, yeah, and then we kind of tweaked it from there because we wanted to have not just a, a rigid ribbon, because that's also a point like most of the fabric handlebar tapes, or not most, all of them are just they're they're rigid you there's no there's no flex in it and we wanted to have like because of the wrapping we wanted to have a certain degree of like elasticity in the tape um but it cannot be too much because then it becomes this kind of undefined thing on the handlebar which moves and you don't want that either so and then we kind of like started to tweak the parameters of the weaving machine and made many iterations until we kind of had the first prototype which we could hand out to riders for testing so we gave a bunch of products a bunch of tapes to all sorts of riding like rider styles uh, all over Europe and then asked them to put kilometers on the tape and then give us feedback what they think about it and then we had another iteration and yeah so that kind of yeah this kind of process led us to decisions like changing the raw material like from cotton to what we use nowadays tensile modal which is a um, which is a fiber made from uh, from wood plump and uh, and it's a it's a it's a fiber which has a less uh, a lower ecological footprint like it uses way way less water than organic cotton and um, it has much better mechanical properties. Like the wear is better, the, um, the strength is better. So, yeah, so these kind of, yeah, that was kind of like uh, the first or the whole product, let's say, development process and how the tape became the tape it is nowadays.
0: Let's exactly talk about that. Uh, then we're going to talk actually another super great expert, So aspect. So, this was the idea to have something durable, robust natural in terms of fibers and fabrics and uh, there can really be something as you were saying from cyclist to cyclist this was the concept you we went through different iteration but how the product is right now so if you can describe the product of course is a handlebar tape but what are the main characteristics
1: yeah absolutely um so the tape how it is at the moment is that we have a uh, um we have basically it's 27 millimeter long, white uh, wide tape on a, and one roll is three meters long. So you can cover uh, wide handlebars as well, wide drop bars. And um, we have, instead of using an adhesive on the backside, which you, most of all of the listeners probably know, we have rubber threads integrated in the weaving structure, which face the handlebar. And these rubber threads, it's 20 in total. There are always two rubber threads next to each other. Um, then there's a gap. Then there's another two rubber threads, and basically all along the whole bottom surface. Um, and it runs all along the whole tape length. So it's a con- also the weaving technique, uh, the weaving process is a continuous process. So the whole tape is just like produced in like a kilometer, and then we cut it in size and roll it up. And yeah, so basically this rubber thread is facing the handlebar and by wrapping and overlapping, it basically holds the tape in place securely without, um, without like slipping, um, the tape, because it's a woven tape, you can, it's, it's similar to, you can imagine like, uh, a seatbelt in a car. It's, it uses pretty much the same kind of process in the weaving. Of course, it's a different fiber, but, um, so what I'm saying is that the tape is really strong. You can eventually you can unwrap your tape from the handlebar, make a knot and put the bike on your shoulder holding wow. by tape. So and also when you wrap the tape, you can really pull hard. You won't be able to rip the tape apart. If you do, let us know. Okay. We want to know <laughs> if you're that strong, please tell us. Um so, uh, yeah, and um, yeah, on top of that, so uh, I mentioned already, uh, we started using cotton as the main material. Um, and But eventually, because of like UV resistance, like color and so on, we changed and also um, environmental impact, which was also something we had to look later on into um, because there were some barriers, which I guess we talk a bit later about availability in Europe or manufacturing in Europe, for instance. Um, we switched the main material from cotton to uh, tensile modal. So tensile is uh, wood-based fiber, and um, that's the main material um, of the tape. Um, let's say, mm, yeah, that's the top, the top surface of the tape. And then you have, uh, basically because of the process, there is, uh, then there is one recycled polyester thread basically holding the holding tape on one side together, and that's basically, that's the technical reason. Or that's for a technical
0: reason there. Yeah. What about the handlebar? I mean, I know that actually you put some thoughts as well in order to think about it as a durable and also robust kind of use of the of grab of the handlebar tape. You also put some thoughts into the into the plugs, right? In the the bar plugs at the end.
1: Yeah. So. Um... The handlebar plugs are—they're um, actually produced by a company in uh, Finland. They called Hermans. Hermans is—they uh, also doing other bicycle components. So we—we we didn't develop this product ourselves, but we kind of wanted from the start echo not just a simple like bar plug which you put in. We wanted one which really stays in place, like and there are different types there are the expander ones which have a screw so you need a tool to uh, usually an allen key and that kind of expands the inner part and holds the plug in place and we had in the very first round one of these plugs but back then we were kind of sourcing a bit more far away we I don't know why but um we were having a supplier from uh, taiwan um and then after all, we were kind of like, this doesn't make any sense. We need to we need to look closer. We need to look for a different kind of um, supplier, which is around our like, which is in Europe in, in, in Europe because we don't want to have these long supply chains. Like, it doesn't make sense to have a bar and plug travel from far east to like mm-hmm. Europe in this case, um, or to Sweden, um, and then be packed in our package. So we started to look around, and then we found Hermans, and they have a it's a brilliant design. It's kind of like a two-piece barring plug, um, where the inner part is basically just yeah, it's being pushed into the outer part, and it basically holds the plug super tight and snug in your in your bar, and um, and that also gives super good security um, of the tape when you basically wrap. And uh, yeah, it's an excellent. It's an excellent uh, barring plug, I have to say.
0: That's awesome. Um, Last couple of questions I want to talk to you, and then we're going to talk about material and everything. But actually, a couple of things of curiosity, because I have to shame on me. I have to be computer sincere here. I'm fascinated about the story. I'm fascinated about um, the, the product itself and whatever is actually behind it with... I mean, your philosophy, your values, I love them. Apart from also your design, it's really lovely. But I've never tried the tape myself. So talking with a really bad handle, I mean, a really bad mechanic and a really bad um, handy person. First thing, how is it, I mean, how is in comparison with the other tapes, how is uh, to to install it on the handlebar? And the second thing is, how is in comparison with the other tapes, the comfort of it?
1: Yeah. Um, So how is the wrapping process? Um, The fact is that you can reuse it and you can pull as hard as you can on the tape. I think it it will be easier than wrapping other handlebar, even though you might need to do couple couple times practice how to get the tension right, that it stays. Because the tension in the tape is really important to like have it staying in place. But since you can try over and over again, I think it, it might be easier. Because if you wrap, uh, let's say, a, a plastic handlebar tape, um, then... If you pull too hard, it will snap.
0: Absolutely. So, it, happened. it happened already. Yes,
1: yeah. So it actually happened to me when I was going to the tour when I was attempting the de Nice Rally. And I was thinking, hey, it's good before the fly, before I go there, I'm changing my handlebar tape. And then I was ramping it just like maybe 10 centimeters before being finished on the top, it snapped. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that can't be. So I was like, yeah. So, anyways, um Uh, so that might be a bit of a more challenge, especially around the hoods. If you have a drop bar and you go around the brake levers, that's a challenging area. Um, And so if you apply like too much tension on the plastic, it will snap. But if you're on our tape, I think it's much, but it's, it's much easier because you can just really pull hard to close those gaps and, and kind of uh, make sure that it stays in place and, if it fails, then you just redo it again until you actually like the result. You know, if you have the, if there's still some gaps you are bothered about, you just unwrap it and you do it again and you you check and if it's fine you continue and if not you do it again. So yeah,
0: try to make the same thing with the a classic, a traditional handlebar tape. I mean, once that you put it and it's not the perfect place, you probably can wrap it, and wrap it again, but it's not gonna come. Together with yeah. the same kind of way, because I mean, just the glue that is below it, it just doesn't stick exactly, perfectly yeah. anymore. So no, that's a great yeah. point. Exactly. Yeah. What about comfort?
1: Yeah, so the comfort, um, I would say it's 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 different, you know. So the it's about like I think we are all used to be uh, to the sponginess of uh, let's say the the plastic handlebar types, and also we have like nowadays I think. Sp- gravel specific handlebar tapes which are extra thick Um, so our tape is not that Um, it's not spongy it's not uh, over thick Um, like by itself it has uh, it's the thick it's the thickest um, woven handlebar uh, handlebar tape which is out there Um, but uh, if you are a person who um, who needs a lot of cushioning on the handlebar Then we say put a gel pad underneath. There are reusable gel pads um, on the market, or what we say do upcycling and just use an old inner tube and wrap it underneath the handlebar tape. That increases the cushioning, let's say so factor. Um, But eventually, like yeah, that's that. We're now at the at the point that well, in the first place we thought like oh this is really important. We need to get cash, but. At the end, it turned out. That also, our test riders were saying, like, well, if you have a good bike set up and it's set up nicely, um, the the handlebar cash doesn't really matter that much because at the end you get the sub. Supp- like, if you have supple tires, there's so much more impact on the ride comfort than having a spongy tape. And at the end, what what do you want when you go down uh, with a full pack bike? I think you want to have good grip, and that's what we then decided also to put the focus on rather having a good grip than a spongy feeling
0: and I truly believe you were talking about the right setup on the bike is as well kind of the fitting on the bike because I mean if you ever ride by a, a correct bike fitting you're not putting a lot of pressure on your hands even if I can understand this is the point of contact and everything but this means that actually it's your full body that is actually um, supporting your riding position so you're not putting all the strength on your hands and so you don't really need the, I mean I remember the first time that I did the Tour de Flanders on the cobblestones then uh, everybody was telling me ah watch out try to put uh, to have a bit more cushioning or whatever and bring the gloves and stuff and i remember that i was super scared and i put two handlebars tape one on top of the other oh, Well wow. i would not do it anymore i can tell
1: you <laughs> no, that's interesting i yeah. haven't heard two, or two more tapes over each other yeah yeah,
0: uh-huh. yeah but i didn't bring the i mean gloves are not my thing so i didn't bring the gloves
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Also, also, one thing I wanted to say is, like, um, interesting fact about the Tencel Modal fiber. It has, uh, like, the fiber itself has a soft-touch property. So, when you, when the tape is uh, fresh, washed, or, like, wrapped, and it, it actually keeps that property for a while, it, it, it has, like, this kind of soft-touch feeling. So, it feels very, very different to cotton. And that's also one of the reasons why underwear, Patagonia has, for instance, uh, underwear made from Tencel. Um, and they feel really, really nice on your body. And of course, like, you know, your hands, if you ride without gloves, which we also say that's the best way. Um, so the direct feel is really nice, like on the cockpit.
0: Yeah. You actually introduce a super interesting topic. You say when you wash it. Yeah. So basically, grep is also, I mean, for sure is removable, but also washable.
1: Yes, yeah, it's washable. You can wash our tape with your bibs at forty degrees. Um, we don't recommend using softener because softener might change to actually the flex of the tape. Um, we have seen that in a couple trials. Um, but uh, yeah, you can just throw it if it's like if you have sweat into it. I know actually the wahoo, uh, no, the sorry, the um, ah, damn. What's the What's the what's the indoor training stuff called? Sorry, um, now I'm blanking. Uh,
0: the the tra- indoor trainer is Wahoo. Otherwise, what do you have? You have tax or you have?
1: No, no, no. I mean the the platform where you ride online. Ah, Swift. Uh, Swift. Yeah. So now the Swift season starts, right? So uh, people are going back in their sweat caves. Um, so uh, actually, that's actually one of a good application because there's you sweat so much in that in that in those things, right? And uh, People have towels everywhere, and also your handlebar tape becomes like this undefined, full of sweat thing. Um, yeah, use it. you can basically unwrap it, wash it, and then you have a fresh handlebar tape and you just rewrap it after the washing.
0: That's super amazing. That's exactly something that I would do straight away. I mean, uh, now on my road by that's a question that i'm going to ask you in one second but actually on my road bike i have a super old tape now that i need to change as well and uh, basically that's exactly the, the problem that happens after a season of During training i usually change tires because usually i have the old tires but also you need actually to um, after they stay inside for a lot of time they don't roll and stuff they become a bit too rigid and handlebar all the time and yeah. uh, i mean and these are two things that usually they are if we're talking about traditional products, for sure now the tires themselves, they're a bit more recyclable. There are some brands. I talked with Schwalbe a couple of years ago. And if you bring back their um, the tires there... Ah, no, tires, they're not still recyclable for them. Tubes are. Tubes, uh, yeah. They were talking about the tires, but not yet. But the handlebar, that's exactly the same thing as we were saying. is a piece of plastic till now, before grab. So you have to take it and uh, put it in... Uh, yeah, basically in the trash without checking it, but... That's super bad. No, that's a question that I want to ask you. I mean, uh, listening to your stories and listening to the kind of cyclist that you are and listening actually to the kind of cycle that you like to do seems like this and and also about the experience of people at Grab seems like actually that this is the perfect but for bikepacking and gravelly and everything. Is it true or is it also usable for... Road cycling, for example, traditional road cycling, I mean, Gran Fondo and stuff, or mountain bike, if you don't want to use the, how do you call them, the plug, the whatever, the handles?
1: Yeah, yeah, the grips. The um, grips, thank you. Uh, buddy. I'm not yeah. mountain
0: biker, you can notice that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, well, I would say, of course, we we, we say, we say uh, ourselves that it's uh, it's the ideal companion for bikepacking or gravel riding because of the grip and the reliability, but... I don't think that there is any limits. I think it's a bit about your choice. I have an old uh, Cinelli road bike um, with a um, like old handlebar setup, so the diameter is quite narrow. But so I have gel pads there, but I ride the grab handlebar there, and I also ride it on my fixed gear bike um, on flat bars as well. Um, so I don't. I don't think there is a limitation. It's a bit more about yeah preference and maybe. Conscious choice: what you what you want to put on your bike, and how do you want to basically get in contact with your bike, um, and how do you want to control it? And yeah, so I would say no limits.
0: The limit is the sky. That's, <laughs> that's super nice. So you kicked off a bit. You touch base, actually, not kicked off. Touch base a bit on uh, on this topic. You tend to have all the material and all your partner and all the manufacturing. Locally, I mean, for sure EU, but basically it's locally what you're looking around. The more local, the better, because you don't want to have the supply chain to be all over the place. How difficult is it? I mean, at the end of the day, handlebar tape is still a small product, but a super specific one. And I think that actually that's another thing that... I mean... um, People that are manufacturing this thing, because we are talking about fabrics, we are talking about natural material most of the time, the expertise, the skills are there. They are in Europe. But we actually exported a lot because of cost, all of these things. And now we found out that probably we not it's not that easy to find these uh, this skills still around. But how difficult was it at the moment for that?
1: <sighs> well... It was it was not easy. Let's say, let's put it that way. It was it was actually the easiest was to find our manufacturing partner, but um, because and that was just simply a coincidence. Thomas found um, found uh, Smalllands Bund and got in touch with them and uh, well started to chat. And he was willing to kind of uh, kick that project off with us because he said like he's like he's a cyclist himself and he's like this sounds super cool. I would be interested because like um, he has never done such product and that would be a cool addition to the, to the manufacturing portfolio. And, uh, and that was actually like the coincidence and the, let's say the easy part, but the very difficult thing for us. And I think that's for many, let's say small companies. Um, if you don't have like a lot of volumes and cash on hand um, or, or, let's say investments, but like grep is fully bootstrap company. Like we, we don't have any, any investors or stuff like that involved. It's, it's us and that's it. And, um, we, um, we basically struggled mainly with the point of high minimum order quantities of material and production. So, um, it's, the the especially like the garment industry um it it's crazy the 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 moqs like minimum order quantities which are asked to even be like served with the material are super high and they are so high that you have to invest a lot of money up front to like from like to get even the raw fiber and um, especially like if you go to materials like which are not so broadly available or let's say like which is on the other spectrum um, organic cotton cotton easy to get also different quantities Mm -hmm. but tensile modal you already reach the limit of Suppliers which can basically provide you with the yarn, so that the raw fiber itself is um, is coming from a company from Austria. They call Lenzig, and um, they are producing the fiber from uh, let's say uh, from um, from organic forest or certified um, uh, sustainable forestry within uh, within Europe and Austria, and that fiber. Um, So we could not even get that fiber ourselves. But we found we basically you need to have a weaving house, um, which basically does the coloring and the spinning of the raw fiber. And we found a partner in Portugal, which basically helped us to get the material. They have basically that already in in their portfolio. So we were able to find a supplier who serves us with so little quantity compared to the rest of the market, you know, so if you produce a t-shirt you need so much more fiber like uh, yarn than producing a handlebar tape so that was definitely one of the biggest challenges to find a partner who is first of all willing to do business with us with those small quantities um, in the first place and then also has the right fiber on hand because there's different kind of like thicknesses and specifications for that and that was that was a that was a major challenge to be, like yeah to find the right people to find the right companies um also who like companies who kind of are willing to be transparent because we kind of have this attitude that we want to know um how is it done where is it coming from and so on and uh yeah that was yeah again that was the the the, the biggest challenge and still is if we want to like if if, if we want to get um, another material, new materials. It's gonna start all over again. We have to look for companies who can supply us with uh, with low quantity, but still being within Europe. Um, and that's a that's a challenge. The know how in terms of manufacturing, I wouldn't say it's here. It's just it's a quantity thing.
0: It makes a lot of sense and it's super cool that actually you're taking care about all the process itself and you found as well super nice partners that are actually helping you by ordering for you the quantities that are interesting and uh, can be used by you. I mean, that's... That's super nice. That's super nice. And also find, anyways, uh, partners that, as you were saying, they are certified and also they are using, because anyways, we are in Europe and everything, uh, they are using actually also working loads and everything that is really sustainable in terms of so of working hours and everything related to that. Something that I noticed by surfing into your website is that you touch base, in. I mean, you don't touch base, you highlight quite in a proper way the blueprint of the products, right? So for you, it's really a part of the value and actually probably is the biggest value. You started this company because of these reasons. So we know already how everything came uh, together and now you started on that. But tell us a bit more about that. I mean, also, how is it received by the market? How was actually in your plans to do it? How did you want to proceed it? And actually, how is it also received by the market or the population out there that is buying your product?
1: Yeah, so... Well, in general, we we decided from the very beginning on that we're gonna follow a organic growth model. So we don't wanna, like I said in the beginning, we don't wanna have any. We didn't we didn't wanna have any external investors to kind of blow up the thing from the very beginning, and um, that was somehow not really the right way to 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 approach this whole thing. Um, and one of the key philosophies we defined in the very beginning for how we want to approach this is that we don't want to be an exclusive um, online retailer. So um, we of course have a website and we also have a web shop and this was kind of also needed for us in the beginning. But one of the key things for us is that's also why we have this also on the front page of our website is that we have a store finder. So what our goal was from the beginning is to migrate into the local bike shop culture um become a part of the bike of the local bike shop um culture because i think that's where the value lies of the cycling community and like the shops are basically the ones who are um serving let's say locally so also that has an impact on like you know shipping stuff and so on like um it's 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 just has it's just like so much better if you have locally someone who can supply you with the same product and we are kind of also defined in the very beginning we can do the shipping in europe but we don't want to do anything out of outside of europe because then it already gets more complicated Um, and then also the kind of the product costs are increasing because of um, different taxation and also duties and stuff like that which you need to of pay on products uh, outside of you and yeah so again going back so having local bike shops retailing our uh, our product was really really important for us and kind of finding also the right bike shops was is still important for us so we we have as you see on the web page i think at the moment 25 or 30 bike shops i would need to count now but pretty much on almost all continents uh, and that's pretty cool so um, in order to kind of ship stuff on like by single package over the globe we have like a bike shop like blue luck in japan for instance who uh, can kind of serve there the market then we have in australia um, some shops and then in the u.s as well and um, then in europe of course couple and yeah, we're trying to slowly extend the network. We don't want to create too much competition between, like, within a city. So we're trying to kind of be cautious uh, to, or conscious about having not too many shops in the same city, but still cities are so big that you can have a couple, but we're kind of trying to pay attention that they're like, distributed, that they're not competing to each other, and uh, yeah, that was definitely one of the that, that was the core value what we wanted to uh, pro, uh, to, to like follow yeah and you, you were asking about the how it was received um, I think like we got we got really nice feedback so people were kind of like eager to text us and um, that was really nice for us as well so I was like really happy to receive messages like hey this is cool this is nice uh, really like the feel and how it wraps and i don't know got messages from a bike mechanic from a shop who said like this is so good product to work with so that was kind of making us really proud of course that we that like also getting from a bike mechanic you know that's like kind of like oh cool oh that's, that's awesome so yeah. um yeah so i like yeah positively overwhelmed um about the feedback and uh yeah really really grateful about the community as well to have the people showing and um Giving feedback as well, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know what's the cool thing? I was actually scrolling now into your um, store finder list. And, I mean, it's super cool. I mean, I know here at least four or five of those, of course. I mean, I know just by name, but also because I collaborated with them. Pelago Bicycles in Finland. Then here I can see Tortuga Cycles. That was actually my bicycle shop when I was living in Berlin. Luca, I think that now he handed over the shop, but still Tortuga Cycles. The Gentle Giant also in Berlin. It was next door from my place. Then you have La Stazione, same thing, La Stazione delle Biciclette. I know that place as well. The wheel Runner of my friend Bus is already there, and of course you scroll down. Loose Cycles in Slovenia, another amazing bicycle shop. I was there just to visit it. Super great, and then of course you go down and you find Velo Mario, my friend. Hi Mario, yeah. my friend Mario is also there. I mean, it's super cool because that's really, is not only giving an outstanding product with sustainability in mind, but it's also serving a community of cyclists that you want to nurture. So being part of the community and that's super nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, really absolutely. important. always 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 so i mean yes it's super cool that actually yes this kind of business model that you have in mind is also sustainable by itself by not growing crazy in volumes and by not only going crazy and trying to chase the demand and asking people to change their handlebar tape over and over to sell more stuff but actually yes that's what you're doing you're putting together outside a product that is really durable. And that's also something that comes out also with uh, an healthy company, and a sustainable company. And not only about the material, the product itself, but really also the company itself. We can all grow slowly, but still serve a community.
1: Yeah, absolutely agree. That that's, was nicely said. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's great. That's great. Uh, moving a bit more further... On the lifetime space of the product itself. So the production is all made around, let's say, your backyard, but for sure in Europe. Material are pre- I mean, material also scouted around in the same way. And then actually, the product is durable and robust and reusable and washable. But all the best products on the other side, even the best products. They have a life cycle that ends. That's why you had in mind, and that's what actually you can find. By the way, everybody go... I mean, we're talking a lot about your website, so probably we need to mention it. It's grep.cc. Everybody can go there and check everything that we're talking about. But also, you have also an amazing blog. And remember that we discussed about that already a couple of times, that something that you have in mind is once that actually your product goes to an end and then probably you have to replace it, you can still do something else with the tape instead of, of course, um, I mean, something like dispose it in a proper way and so that actually doesn't go into the generic waste, but actually do something else. But also another thing that you can do is upcycle it, isn't it?
1: Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of... That was not at its core when we developed the tape. So that kind of evolved over time. Also with help of people using our product um, and kind of showing also some examples. So for instance, my friend Alan from uh, Foreman Bikes, he builds wooden bikes, um, super nice. uh, And he's like, um, kind of like, well, he is a doer. And um, basically what he did, uh, he made out of old handlebar tape he made a, a bar back so he basically cut our tape into pieces and then he sewed all the ends together and just added a zipper and all of spokes he made like buckles and then now he has his girlfriend is actually riding it um, in on, on their bike um, wow. it's also a foam and wooden bike um, we have I think we have a picture on our Instagram and I'm not sure if, we, if I wrote a blog post about it but well the general idea is that we, we are kind of, like, a, still, like, a bit in the in the ideation phase. And I have made, like, on on Instagram, we have made, like, a, I think a reel it is this uh, or a video anyways where I kind of show an example of what you can do, like how to finish the ends to make your tape last longer and then also, like, what you can do without, for instance, I made a bikepacking strap or I made actually made a strap to hold my pump at the, on the fixed gear and also to attach a banana on the down tube. Of course. Um, of course, um, the bonking snack, you know, um, so, uh, and kind of the idea is that we want to create some sort of, um, I don't know, portfolio, or at least like give examples of what you could do. Like it's, of course you have to do it yourself, but I think it's a good way to kind of, um, show what's possible. And to be honest, this is like, it's actually really difficult for us. We realized that it's to come up with ideas, because to be honest, most of the people out there are way more creative than we are. Like my friend Ellen, he's like, you know, he just does, does that thing. I would have it would have not even crossed my mind that you could make a bar bag out of a handlebar tape. So, um so basically, what we what we want to achieve eventually is that people show us what they did with our tape when it's done because, in most of the cases it's like that the tape will wear eventually and depending of course it depends on so many factors it depends on your setup of the bike on how many kilometers you ride and what kind of conditions it's so different everyone is so different and the bikes are so different that but eventually the wear will be will will be there but the wear will most of the time be in one spot and then you have a three meter tape where maybe 20 centimeters or 10 centimeters are showing where and then what. I think you can make something out of the remaining 2.9 meters or two meters or something like that. And I think that's kind of what we, in which direction we want to go, or that we have uh, some sort of portfolio and give kind of input what you could do. But eventually people are anyways great like more creative than we are and then they will find their way and we would we would look forward that we see something like that and like just now we we kind of got into uh, event sponsoring um just recently and we are supporting one event in the u.s um which is the mulberry gap um by bikes or death um another podcast, podcast. shout, shout yeah.
0: out it's an amazing podcast i mean there's no competition yeah, in the podcast enough. world it's super nice
1: Exactly. Patrick is organizing uh, an event there. Um, and uh, for that, we have spent, or um, well, we basically sponsored um, part of the event. And also, like there, we actually make, at the moment, we are making uh, cozies, which are like the, the, the can cooler things. And we make them out of our tape. So Patrick is working on that at the moment. And um, and creates the cozy, so we made a prototype and we make basically a cozy out of our tape. so people can have their hands on our tape while drinking
0: the beer. <laughs> That's super nice. So, so basically uh, you're trying you' anyway you're gonna put your effort on creating a portfolio, but actually everybody out there with grep handlebar tape get in contact uh, if I can <laughs> say that send us yeah, a tag yeah. the grep uh, the web uh, the grep uh, account. While you're doing something cool, do something cool and let actually Jan and uh, yeah, uh, yeah Grab so in general sure know up. and everybody of us know. So we can do everything. Yeah, show us about. how
1: it's done. You know, that's what I am saying. Show, show us how it's done because you know it anyways better. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: That's yeah, super so. awesome. So the life of Grab then finally really got to an end and end. So also the um, the bicycle bag now got really, really it is worse we cannot use it anymore but still the product is also recyclable yeah tell us more about that
1: yeah so um what kind of like is the really nice thing about um um the the weaving technology is that you at the end you can you the, the, the the parts the individual components they are not bonded to each other they are basically separatable again and i think that's eventually also from, um, from disposal point of view, a really important point because the big problem lies within composite materials. So when things cannot be separated anymore, that's basically when you get a big pile of something, you know, and, um, the, the product itself, like the handlebar tape is because of the weaving technology or the process it's not bonded to each other. We have, of course, a rubber thread and we have a poly- recycled polyester thread in there, but it's not bonded to each other. So eventually 98% of the material of the tape at the moment is disappearing because it's plant-based like the tensile modal and it will compost. And what remains is like a tiny fraction of uh, natural rubber. And uh, of course, the the. the, the composting time of natural rubber, we don't need to talk about it, it's still a plastic. It takes yeah. it takes time, but it's it's a fraction of like the whole tape, you know, if you have a plastic tape, it's a big ball after all, and it will stay there. But like in our terms, the, the main material will be gone and it's a tiny fraction of it which remains. So the, the volume at it the, at, at the end is less. So the waste is less. And that's kind of important thing uh, i think we in order to rethink the whole approach of when things getting thrown away what it actually means and at the moment we also working already to kind of what i said the uh, uh, because of technical reasons there's one recycled polyester threat in there um, we are at the moment working already to replace that fully um, also either with tensile modal um but it's a it's a great challenge because we need to do excessive testing in order to make sure that it lasts the same time because of course it's also super important to have a product which is durable like there's no there's no benefit in a product which is like let's say more compostable but it will be uh you need to replace it more often so you know there's always like a balance in 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 kind of finding the best the best way to make things last but also like um having considered the aspects of what happens afterwards with the product.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean the most important thing, and this is something that I've been repeating, I mean, everybody that is here uh guesting on uh, sustainable conversation in in particular, but also the broom wagon in general, is that actually the most important so the best way to consume uh, so to um consume sustainably sustainably, yes, is consume less. So if you have a product that is already durable and you don't have to change, I mean, I think that people, I mean, I'm now, don't talking about this year, but actually because this year I have been probably touching 3,000 kilometers in total, I don't know many hours on the bike, so not so much, but usually I go in one more digit, probably, I don't know, between seven and 10,000. This means for me actually in the normal road bike to change probably two handlebars, if I don't crash, of course, two or three handlebars, a, uh, handlebar tape a year. If I have something that is a bit more durable, especially after bikepacking trip and stuff, and I can actually use the same uh, handlebar tape for two, three, four years, and then use it for something else, and then really stretch the life cycle of the thing, is way better than. I mean, even if something is not completely, I mean, not all the material completely sustainable, let's say, or recyclable. I mean, it's way better that, that having something that is completely sustainable or coming from sustainable material and then changing it every two, three years. Also, because just, for example, let's think about uh, the CO2 consumption of producing stuff because consumerism is out there. So, I mean, I think that actually having this kind of approach of having something that is really durable is probably the first brick that people can make in order to enlarge, of course, the lifetime of things and also reduce, uh, I mean, all the um, resources in order to produce stuff. And then we can start, I mean, the base is, of course, trying to use sustainable material. But then, of course, the longer is the lifetime, the better it is.
1: And, of course, the repurposing. I think that's also something what 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 needs to return into our thinking is that even something is broken, find a purpose for it to extend its life cycle instead of just disposing it.
0: Or repair it, if you can. We can also repair yeah. things.
1: Or, yeah, yeah, of course. Well, actually, that's a good point. Of course, you can repair a garment, yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, that,
0: that's another thing. I mean, we have been around with stuff that, for example, I don't know, I have... Exactly what you were saying. I mean, I have a lot of, because it happens, I have a lot of pullovers or t-shirts or whatever that get some little holes or just because I use them over and over and over. I mean, holes or scratches or whatever can be repaired. And then that's the first thing. And then use it for more time because I tend to buy stuff that are uh, with solid material and something like also durable material so you can really repair them. And then at the end, after 10, 15 years, even if, if my art is completely broken, and then I have... To not use those T-shirts, for example, anymore, then I can frame them if I really like them, or I can use them, for example, to clean my chain, chain of the bike, or to dry the bicycle after after washing. There are many things that we can do, but for sure, having a product that's a bit more durable is really the basis.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely yes.
0: Last question, Jan, and it's the most classical thing what's next what do you have in mind you already said that you're trying to replace the polyester on oh, stop,
1: stop secret stop secret no no um okay. I can fill in some so what we're gonna do next is uh we have uh, one new color coming next year um so why one color we actually released nine new colors this year there so are two or three
0: um, that are my favorites I mean I love the pink I love the purple I love the yellow
1: oh nice that's great <laughs> yeah that's awesome. Yeah, the, the, the golden rod is a really nice color yeah. um, that uh, sticks out really nicely. Uh, yeah, so we, we're going to bring all, uh, one new color um, because we just think that um, the spectrum is very well covered and we're going to look into the topic of uh, creating patterns. So um, now, of course, we have uni uh, unicolor tapes and uh, we actually want to go a bit more into the topic of checking out the patterns. We already learned that because of the structure of the tape we decided to go with in order to realize stretch and also the whole construction um, there are some process limitations in order to do kind of patterns um, so we have to kind of look into what what is possible and what we can what looks good what doesn't look good and uh, kind of yeah figuring out some some of these things um, there will be we're gonna like, we are looking into also alternative materials. So uh, beside tensile modal as a main material, there are also other great alternative fibers, um, which we want to kind of explore more and see if one of those fibers can even replace the tensile, like which has other properties. For instance, uh, um, like we all know Merino uh, wool, and it's a great fiber. And it has like this antibacterial um, be- like property by nature. And that's awesome. Um, So we want to look into that, um, like just lately within the past five years, or I don't know what the time span is, but there has been like so many fibers also because of like synthetization. So for instance, fiber made from coffee ground. Uh, Yes, I heard about that. But also that fiber has some uh, particular properties, which would be interesting and so we want to kind of explore in that direction and see if we can get our hands on that and make some prototypes and see how they do. And um, yeah, and then uh, we have one, let's say, secret project. Um, can't really say that much about it, but uh, something is coming, which gonna be an addition to let's say, looking onto the cockpit in a as a as a whole. So to make basically also um let's say more people happy with a um with the with the cockpit how it how it um how it feels when you when you ride rough trails let's say so
0: okay okay you are not gonna tell us anything else more but tell us at least where we can find actually this news coming we already mentioned the website is grab.cc i think it's the same handle also on instagram but tell us more
1: yeah it's it's the same handle so usually we communicate on instagram as well as we have a newsletter where we announce usually new shops um being added to the uh, to the shop finder or basically or added as a retailer as well basically we're writing blogs um still (laughs) becomes more and more rare i love uh, it it. i love new blogs (laughs) um yeah so newsletter and instagram is probably the best source and uh from time to time, there's a new how-to video on YouTube, also grab.cc, but um, I would say Instagram and newsletter is the best way. And uh, we have a contact form. Reach out to us either on Instagram or um, on, on the webpage um, if you want to have some, I don't know, additional details or have questions or something. Or just want to show or chat, get, get in touch. Always happy.
0: That's awesome. Jan, it was a great pleasure. I don't know. Do you want to add something? Otherwise, we can just say it was a great pleasure
1: no uh nothing to add except like uh yeah it's uh again it's not just me it's also thomas who is behind grep and uh yeah thanks so much for giving us the opportunity to uh to share what we're doing and uh yeah hopefully we could i don't know interest the one and the other in our product and also maybe the other bike shop so if you're a bike shop listening to uh uh, to the wagon um, would be happy to get in touch so we can check out if we are a match and uh, that would be very nice yeah
0: that's awesome and uh, yeah of course we're gonna for sure our roads are gonna overlap again because we need to ride bicycles together so I mean oh yes talking please. is yes. nice riding bicycle while talking is even better or oh, the other way around uh, talking while riding bicycles is even better
1: before and after and in between yes in
0: between <laughs> of course of course I, I'm a great <laughs> talker also on the bike Jan thanks a lot it was really great pleasure
1: Thank you, Stefano. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: You have listened to Sustainable Conversation powered by the Broom Wagon podcast. If you like this episode, just share it with your friends or rate five star in the application that you're using to listen to it. I would really, really appreciate it and everybody would do it as well. If you want to know more about the show and everything else, Broom Wagon podcast on the Instagram is the way to go. Or Calamaro CC, my personal Instagram account. Thanks a lot, Komut, for sustaining and supporting this mini-series as well as the old season of the Broom Wagon podcast, and talk to you next week.